Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I am expecting it to be a record-breaking turnout. We want to see people registered, and but we also want them to turn that registration into a vote. There are procedures in place to prevent voters from voting twice. Four years ago, we had about 21,000 mail ballots. We're looking to be on track to maybe have somewhere around 30,000. No doubt this presidential election will be unlike anything any one of us have seen in our lifetimes. High turnout and mail-in ballots all under the cloud of the pandemic. It will affect the way we vote. We're taking a look at all of this in this edition of KRLD In-Depth. I'm Austin York. North Texas is shattering records when it comes to requests for mail-in ballots. Elections administrators say that means there could be a very high turnout for the November presidential election. Texas is one of only a few states that limit mail-in balloting to voters who meet specific requirements. People must be over 65, have an illness or disability, or will be out of the country on election day. They still have until October 23rd to request a mail-in ballot. But it's not just mail-in ballots. It's interest and registrations to vote. I spoke with Collin County Elections Administrator Bruce Sherbet about the challenges and changes in the county for election 2020. Well, the challenges are mostly completely circling around uh, the COVID-19 issues that we have to prepare for. And it impacts probably every single main uh, component of the election process from equipment to polling places to supplies and to personnel uh, because uh, we, we are searching for larger venues to, to use. We're putting out more equipment. We're trying to social distance by having larger spaces. We're doing additional training and we're also providing in supplies all the additional PPE supplies to keep our workers and our voters as protected as possible. So it really is an end-to-end difference, if you will, if you're comparing this to four years ago, for example. Because of the pandemic, have you found it more difficult to find volunteers to work the polls this year? Well, I I don't think it's more challenging. I think what's happened, and, and I can take this county as an example, We've increased polling places for Election Day by about 40%. So we have more locations, meaning we're having to place more people. Part of that is uh, we've grown substantially. In the last four years, we've grown by 100,000 registered voters, this county alone. So, so we're having to make adjustments for that. Uh, that. That requires more workers. You also this year have to have, uh, as best that you can put it in place, um, standby list 
because we may have people that have to drop out through the process. We may have to make replacements, uh, things, things that normally wouldn't be a, a situation you would have to be as concerned about are very much on, on the priority list now. So I, I found we're getting a lot of contacts, and it's not just this county. I think all the counties I've talked to, at least, they're getting more people send emails from different locations, different organizations, saying, "Hey, I'd be interested in and in, in being a poll worker if you if you need one." And uh, and so we're compiling those lists. Those will be lists that we'll have as, as substitutes or standbys or filling in the gaps where we have gaps uh, where we need additional clerks. The number of clerks we're putting out just generally at each location is more. We, we would normally maybe have 8 to 10. That, may, that means now we may have 12 to 15 in some situations just to make sure we have the additional clerks needed for our new norm as it stands right now. 2016 was a huge turnout for the election. What about this year? We've seen lots of pushes by a lot of people to register people to vote. You expecting record turnout? I am expecting it to be a record-breaking turnout, if for nothing else, uh, because in aggregate we have 100,000 more voters. And if you just take an average what would be expected for a presidential election turnout, it's going to top just by numbers alone. But I'm also expecting... Uh, a higher turnout anyway, because I think we have uh, we have indicators that we look at in my world to see if if there's elevated interest in elections, and that that can be from phone calls coming in, or voter registrations coming in, or or when you start voting, early voting, those daily numbers compared to previous data. We're, we're seeing elevated interest. I think what we had last time, I think, was somewhere around close to 67% turnout four years ago. I wouldn't be surprised to see that closer to 70%. Uh, we don't know now, uh, but, but the things that we look at to give us those ideas of higher turnout seem to be stacking up uh, to show that. The issue that everyone seems to be focused on this year is the mail-in ballot uh, due to the pandemic. How big an issue is this for your office uh, going into the election? Well, a mail-in, you know, that's a hot topic right now uh, for mail-in balloting. Uh, we beforehand, and I mean earlier in the summer, we made sure we had enough supplies on hand because a mail ballot uh, requires not just a ballot, but you have envelopes that come out with it. You have inserts that go in there. You have a lot of things that get mailed with that ballot to the voters. So we beefed up all of our inventories for the for the unknown, basically how much that was going to increase. Four years ago, we had about 21,000 mail ballots. We're looking to be on track to maybe have somewhere around 30,000. Uh, we still have about a month to go. It's the 23rd of October is, is the deadline for requesting a mail ballot for those that qualify. And so a lot of things can happen in this time between now and then. But, but just giving you those numbers show that we know there's an uptick, but we're not seeing a doubling right now. And uh, we'll be on standby and prepared with equipment, supplies, personnel to, to get that done. Uh, also, in making sure that we can plan our counting process where we can get those things counted in the hopper, ready to release on election night after the polls close. Uh, all those things are 
or change us a little bit from what we normally would do because of just anticipating a higher number. We're not seeing numbers like you see other states, at least in my county, that, that have quadrupled the number of mail ballots. Uh, and that may take them longer to count and maybe even past Election Day. I'm not seeing it here, and I don't think we're going to have it in any of our neighboring counties either uh, in terms of what they're getting in. They're upticked, they're higher, but they've beefed up like we've beefed up to, to, to stay on schedule. There seems to be concern by some that with so many more mail-in ballots this year that this could lead to some real confusion. Uh, are you confident that your county uh, can handle this? Well, I, I, I feel confident that all of the mechanisms that we should have in place are in place. Um, that doesn't mean uh, there can't be challenges, say, for provisional voting or challenges for mail ballots uh, as the ballot board processes them. But all of the things that are required to be in place, and, and probably the general public doesn't really know this as, as thoroughly as we would hope sometimes, there are many, many checks and balances in the process. When, when, when the mail ballots are being processed, they're being processed by a ballot board that has equal numbers of members from both parties uh, represented on there. They have a judge and an alternate judge that oversee that. They, they audit every number. They check behind each polling place to make sure the numbers show correct of how many voters signed in, how many names were printed on poll lists, matches how many ballots were processed. They, they look at the ballot accountability forms to track and make sure that they can account for the voted, the, the blank ballots and the spoil ballots, if there are any, in the process. Then on the mail ballots, they make clear notations of, of if there is a ballot that's rejected and for what reason that that ballot would be rejected. Uh, uh, there, there's a way that you can document and track and, and really forensically, if you will, go back and be able to piece together all of those different components that happened along the way. Now, all that said doesn't mean if there's a very close election that every single aspect of that election is going to be scrutinized, uh, could be challenged. Uh, and those are things that uh, are to be expected when you have a very close election. So if that happens, it wouldn't be a shock to anyone like me that's done this a long time to see uh, all the counties will be uh, – looked at to make sure that they got all their records in place and that they can uh, produce the things that, that need to be examined in the process. So if one wanted to get a mail-in ballot, how would they do that? Carol D's Andrew Greenstein spoke with Tarrant County Elections Administrator Hyder Garcia about the process. To request a mail-in ballot, you need to file in an application with our office, and you can get that application at elections.tarrantcounty.com slash ballot by mail. Uh, it's a very simple form. You have to fill in your name, date of birth, last name, the address where you want it, the reason why you're asking for it. And the important part is you need to sign that form and mail it to our office. We need to get, uh, we need to receive the original paper with the WIS signature on it before we can actually issue the ballot. And okay. that's all that needs to be done. Uh, when is right. the deadline for requesting a mail-in ballot? So we can receive them from the post office in the mail up to October 23rd, okay? So when we pick up the mail on the 23rd, whatever applications are in that batch, that's the last we can receive. Um, if you tr want to deliver it to us in person, you can do that up until October 
12th because early voting will start on the 13th. So if you come to our office on the 12th to bring an application in person, we'll say, well, we have the machines right here. We can't accept the application, but you can vote right now right here. So if you mail in your request for a mail-in ballot, is there a place where people can go online to check that uh, the elections office has received that application and a mail-in ballot is on its way? We are we're working on doing some changes to the website. Um, I'm very confident that our, our IT team will push through, but, but that's not something uh, concrete yet. In the meantime, the best way is call our office, 817-831-8683, uh, and we'll be able to confirm. We need to also ask some uh, personal information to confirm your identity, date of birth and driver's license, things like that, before we can tell you, um, uh, because by law, the status of an application is private until after the election in some cases. So, But the easiest way is call our office. Okay, um, and I'm sure that um, is that the procedure is going to be similar, if not identical, for people who have cast their mail-in ballots and want to check that that ballot is being counted. Correct. For now, that that's that's right. You call our office, and we we'll we can tell you if the ballot has arrived, if it's been received or not. Um, we're hoping to complete that update on the website uh, in time for it to be useful for this election. Uh, that way you will know, you know, your ballot is safely arrived here and there's uh, no need for you to go try to vote in person. That's right, because uh, the president has urged some people at some rallies that if their mail-in ballot has not been counted by Election Day to go to their polling place and cast a ballot and that mail-in ballot would then be invalidated. Uh, just you know, untangle the fact from the fiction and tell me uh, what penalties someone could face if they attempt to vote twice. The, the system is designed, and that's why we have electronic poll books, to um, know the status of your ballot when you show up in person, right? A person who requests an absentee ballot does not lose the right to, does not forfeit the right to vote a ballot in person. Uh, but the electronic poll book does show the poll worker, hey, this person was issued a ballot, um, do they have it on them? So if you have uh, the ballot with you, you can surrender it and you're allowed to vote immediately. If not, the poll worker is going to try to contact our office so we can cancel the mail ballot before you can vote in person. The worst thing that can happen is if they can't get a hold of our office, uh, that the voter does a provisional, and then when we verify you have not cast a mail ballot, the provisional gets approved and counted and processed. So I understand the spirit of the message. You know, if your ballot, if you vote, or if you mail it back too close to election day, you're not sure if it arrived in time. You don't want to miss out on voting. Uh, there are procedures in place to prevent uh, voters from voting twice. Now, I I will encourage people who mail out the, their ballots, they mail, sorry, people who mail their ballots back early enough to call our office to check the status because we certainly want to reduce the number of people at the polling place that don't need to be there. So if your ballot was already accepted, um, there's no need to go down there because you won't be able to vote a ballot a second time anyway. If they cast a mail-in ballot and then they cast a provisional ballot, uh, I'm, would I be correct to assume that the mail-in ballot will supersede the provisional ballot? That's correct, whatever is processed first. So let me give you an example. Um, if you mail in your ballot and it's received and you show up at the polling place, uh, the, the, the system's going to say, you know, this person, not only was this person mailed a ballot, the ballot was already ca counted, right? So it can't be canceled. So you're, uh, you, are, you can't be denied a ballot by law, but you'll be given a provisional, and eventually, knowing that you already voted, it wouldn't count. 
if you mail the ballot too close, say that you put it in the mail today, Monday, and on Thursday you say, you know what, I, I'm just going to go vote in person because I'm scared that it won't make it in time, and the ballot hasn't made it to us, the poll book is going to show that the ballot hasn't been received, it's canceled in the system, you vote in person. Say that on Friday the ballot makes it to us, the post office delivers the ballot, when we try to scan it, the system is going to say this ballot was scanned and the person voted in person. So the ballot is rejected and never opened or, or counted. One of the biggest differences in this election would have been the actual ballot itself. It was supposed to be the first time where straight party voting was going to be gone. But a U.S. district judge granted a temporary injunction of the Texas straight ticket voting law, saying that it would create mass lines at the polls and increase the amount of time voters are exposed to COVID-19. KRLD's David Rankin spoke with SMU political science professor Matthew Wilson. Well, the legislature uh, passed a reform ending one-click straight ticket voting. So in the past, it was possible to just check one box uh, at the top of the ballot and vote for every candidate of the same party for every office, that is, all Democrats or all Republicans. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, the legislature decided to do away with that starting in the 2020 cycle to say that, you know, of course, people can still vote for all Democrats or all Republicans if they want, but they have to go office by office and, and select an individual candidate uh, for each office. Uh, now, this ruling would overturn that measure of the legislature. It would invalidate that. And the judge's reasoning seemed to be <clears throat> that uh, having one-click straight ticket voting would cut down on the lines uh, that would form and in a pandemic, that that was an important consideration uh, to have people spend less time in the, uh, the voting booth. Uh, but you know, I strongly suspect this this uh, judicial ruling will be appealed, and we'll have to see what the appeals court and the higher courts would have to say. Other issues involving voting have uh, gone through the court system, and one of them, although it went to the Texas Supreme Court and then went to the federal courts as well. That's right, uh, because, you know, normally... Uh, legislatures have pretty broad authority to set voting parameters as long as they're you know not apparently racially discriminatory this ruling would not seem in any way or this this uh ballot measure by the texas state legislature would not seem to have any sort of particular racial tint to it i mean everybody uh you know black white hispanic whatever will be governed by the same rules in terms of whether they could vote a straight ticket with one click or not uh but it, it the the interesting wrinkle here is this uh, pandemic question and whether that changes the authority of the legislature to set voting rules. The pandemic question came up, of course, with mail-in ballots in Texas. That's absolutely right. And so what we're seeing all over the country is the these legal maneuvers back and forth between the parties, really arguing over how much things need to change because of the pandemic versus how much, you know, the existing election authorities can can run things uh, as they have been planning to in the past. So you know, this is one more instance of that. But, uh, but this is really a, a ruling at a fairly late date, kind of out of left field, because Texas has been planning for years now to make this transition in 2020 and to do away with the one-click straight ticket voting. So, you know, we'll have to see if the, if the state can get an expedited appeal on this ruling. So with all the changes, I asked Mr. Sherbet what advice he has for voters this time around. Well, I think there are two things. If I can get the message across on two things, it's going to help the voters. It'll help everybody along the way. And uh, that is, uh, if you have a, a chance, to go to your county election website. And every county has a website, elections department website. 
look up. Uh, you can look up, see if you're registered to vote. You can look up and see what your ballot's going to look like so that you can study it and not be seeing some of those things on your ballot for the first time as you walk into your voting machine. We have 30 additional cities and school districts on this ballot. Voters may not know the May election was postponed to November because of COVID. So at the very bottom of their ballot, there could be a city or school district issue that is also included with the federal, state, and county offices. That's one thing to kind of help speed up the process and voters be more prepared. But the really one of the, the key things I would say to voters, uh, we have an extra six days of early voting added on by uh, executive order. There, uh, there are plenty of early voting opportunities to vote early. Don't wait until the last day if you're voting early. That's always the busiest day. Pick a time in the middle of the first week or middle of the second week, mid-morning or mid-afternoon. Go on your website for your county elections. It will show you all the locations, and the ones around here will even give you an indicator of what we think the time wait is, the wait time at your location once you get there until you can finish your voting process maybe less than 20 minutes or 20 to 40 or over 40. If you wait till the last day, that's the busiest day uh, for early voting. So pick another day. If you wait till election day to vote, and if you go at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm telling you from 5 to 7 is the busiest time. So if we can spread out the voting and it's not all congested because of waiting till the last minute, uh, that's just going to make it easier to social distance to get voters in and out faster at our locations and to save from any real congestion-type situations that could be involved. It's a topic we'll be on top of here at KRLD. You can get all the latest information by listening to 1080KRLD on radio.com or simply logging on to krld.com. For the latest edition of KRLD In-Depth, I'm Austin York. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.